Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody, all right? Today we're going to be talking about how to make friends and how to keep them. And the keep part is the hard part because friendship is work. It's, it, it takes time, it's a commitment, and it's a sense of looking out for each other. And uh, friendship is something that's, that's steadied by consistency and by respect and by listening and by concern, by empathy. It calls for a lot of the same qualities we require in our family and in our spouse. But unfortunately, sometimes we don't get that from our family. Sometimes we don't get that from our spouse. And having a healthy person that we can go to, be open to and, and be ourselves and not have to pretend and not have to... Uh, compete with or, or show off what we have or or try to one-up the other person. These kind of people that do that kind of stuff are going to have a hard time keeping a friend. Friends are even. They're straight up and they accept each other. And it requires trust. And, you know, f- making a friendship with somebody you don't know, a lot of people hold on to their old friends from the past or from high school or whatever. But, you know, the deal is friendship, a new friendship can be just as valuable as an old friendship. And the deal is also that with friendship, it can come in waves. It can come and go. But if you maintain the trust factor in the relationship, the friendship will sustain itself for a long period of time, if not the the rest of your life. Um, Also, sometimes we have uh, friends that come and go, and they are friends. They're real friends friends. It's just that some parts of our life don't always fit together. And we may be distracting or we may be uh, hurting other parts of our life that are important that have to do with our family or our work. And so, you know, the true uh, nature of finding a friend is finding somebody that is healthy, not somebody that is destructive to your life. Because if you're trying to get somebody that's destructive in your life, for instance, they may have an alcohol problem, they may have drug problem, they may may have other issues going on, they may have um, financial issues and then they want to borrow money or whatever, or they they elicit your guilt and shame so that you may help them. You know, these are not friends. These these are people that are going to use you. So you want to be very careful. Um, Friends are very centered. They're good people. They're, They're people that are healthy. They have a good life. Um, they don't have a chip on their shoulder. Um, and, and the best uh, people to find are people that are, are, have a relationship with God because they, they're trying to find themselves to be more centered. And they are a lot of God and they don't really have it in their heart. But the deal is if, if you go to God, you know, you're going to find something in common with a lot of people. And that is a good thing. You know, we, spe- we spend much of our waking hours uh, 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 talking a lot of conversation is about sharing information so that we can influence each other and coordinate our behaviors. But when we use conversation to build and maintain social relationship, we make small talk uh, to pass the time. But we shoot the breeze with our buddies. We chat up the perspective, you know, uh, uh, ideas that we're going through or the things that we have in our life. And and uh, but but. In those conversations, if we don't really get down to the basics and and get real with a person, we're going to have a hard time 
wanting to have, have continuous conversations with that person. Friends have deeper conversations. They're, they have empathetic conversations. And they ask questions. And that's what's interesting is we on superficial things. But uh, when we're busy uh, thinking about what we're going to have to say next, we're not, not really listening. So, you know, after the conversation over is over, we, we have little recall of what we were discussing because all we were doing is trying to, to think of stuff to talk about. You know, we do remember, however, the feelings of a conversation. And that's what's important is that when we walk away with that was superficial, that is not something we always want to come back to because it doesn't feed us. So, you know, being a responsive person and, and being an interpersonally attractive is really requires a sense of understanding. And that is the accurate perception of the other's feelings. And that doesn't mean we agree with them. But simply saying, okay, so what you're telling me is you feel like this. Oh, okay, I understand. I hear what you're saying. That doesn't mean you agree with them. You don't have to agree. But understanding is important. And making the effort to understand is important. The also the sense of validation, which is the respect for the other other person's perspective. I've had enormous amounts of friends in my life that I don't agree with, that have uh, no sense of, of, of what I feel is accuracy in their perception or is biased or is angry or all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the deal is you got to accept that because that doesn't mean that's where your friendship is going to be about what what your friendship is going to be about is the meeting of two minds. And respecting that is more important. Respecting the quality of life another person is living is important. But the other thing that, that is attractive is caring, showing the affection and the concern for the other person. If that's man-to-man, woman-to-woman, man-to-woman. Now, here's the thing about friendship and, and, and if you're in a, a marriage or a relationship. The last thing you want to do is bring someone into your life as a friend of the opposite sex or maybe of the same sex if you're in a same sex relationship and that without the permission of your partner that partner your 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 marital partner your relationship partner needs to be in agreement that that person should be in your life because that creates trust issues in the relationship which could vitally destroy uh, the, the, the marriage or the relationship. And so bringing a friend into your life, you're going to have to write a balance of not taking away from your partner but, but feeding your yourself with individual time with that friend but that friend needs to be someone that they can trust they can accept not somebody that's going to intimidate or potentially be a sexual partner that is never ever a good thing that is not a person to have in your life if you're going to maintain that relationship you know a conversational technique that covers uh, the, the understanding, the validation, and the care is question asking. And we can make guesses about other people's feelings, but the only way to really understand is to ask. And the very act of asking questions implies validation for the other person's point of view. And especially when we ask follow-up questions, we demonstrate that we truly care about that person. So one of the most magnetic things about that person is being a good question asker and then being good at at follow-up. Now, if you make a good impression, the conversation uh, strategy is important. Instead of talking about yourself, get them to do the talking by asking these questions. And at the end of the interaction, they may know less factual information about you, but they'll like you more because you've met their emotional needs. And when you 
meet the emotional needs of another person, they'll be more willing to meet your needs. So being a friendship is a two-way street. If you want to be an attractive person, most friendships develop so naturally that you don't even realize how or when they started. And sometimes, though, you want to make an effort to befriend a new acquaintance or become a better friend to existing people. You know, it's understanding what the ingredients are is is very vital. Okay, so, you know, one of the strategies is copying, and this is called mirroring. And that means that we don't uh, get out of their um, energy. We try to stay in the same energy that they're at. If you talk at the pace of another person, what you're going to find is that other person is going to have an easier time listening, and you're going to have an easier time having a conversation. You have to meet their uh, emotional needs by understanding what pace they're willing to hear another person. How a person talks is the pace in which they can receive information. So it's important to match that energy so that you're both comfortable. And if you have to go down, go down. If you have to go up, go up. But mirror energy that other person has. The other thing is, if you're going to be attractive, you want to spend more time around that person. That means you make an effort. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people will, will try to make a friend. They'll meet a person at a party. They'll meet a person at the park, whatever. And they they strike it up, but they never follow up. They say, oh, you know, let's, let's get together on this day. And then they flake out, and then they flake out, and then they flake out. And the next thing you know is that, that, that these two people that could have been good friends aren't good friends. If you're going to make commitments with a friend, keep them. That is important. Keep the commitments. Maintain them. And if not, follow up and get right back into the saddle and be a good friend. You know, day-to-day interactions with each other is what builds up a friendship. It doesn't mean you have to spend all day on the phone, but just tagging up and saying, hey, hey, just thinking about you, what's going on? Hey, this happened, this happened. But once again, if you're in a relationship and you're maintaining a friendship, you don't want to uh, just give the conversation to your friend. You also want to give that energy to your partner. And so that is an attractive person, someone that is able to call, you know, get that balance. You don't want to be an intrusive friend. You want to be someone who cares and is available. And if you have to be available, that is a beautiful thing because that means that you're helping someone through difficult times. The other thing is attractive people compliment other people. Now, I'm not saying you just sit there and, and compliment and compliment, but it means selectively you you, you uh, give uh, what's called a spontaneous trait transference. You, you describe someone else as genuine, a uh, kind. Uh, you know, people will associate with you uh, with those qualities you know the reverse is also true if you're if you're constantly trashing people behind their backs your friends will start to associate the negative qualities with you as well and so the deal is find a, a legitimate thing to compliment someone about and give them that compliment that makes them feel better and maybe you'll get something in return you know, and the other thing to maintain a, a friendship is to sustain a great mood, you know, and that means you need to have a good balanced life. You need to have your 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 life in, in somewhat good order. Being in a good mood means that we're not sitting around worrying about a bunch of things and pouring those worries and concerns over someone else. Worriers, people that worry all the time can be very difficult to be around. They make very difficult friends because they're always worried and so they're negative in, in their thoughts and their predictions and their thoughts of the past. Uh, they often don't carry a good mood and they can bring you down. And if you find you're with a friend that always is dragging you down and you're having to use your energy to pull them up, 
that may not be somebody you want to sustain as a friend in your life. You know, there's a thing called uh, emotional contagion. And and that basically describes what what happens when people are strongly influenced by the moods of other people. You know, and and so if you want to make others feel happy when, when they're around you, do your best to communicate positive emotions. And you also want to make friends with their friends. If you're going to maintain a friendship, a social network is very important. And, and and that means two people are likely to be closer when they have another common friend. And oftentimes, if that person is good at making friends, they're going to have somebody that's going to be a good friend for you also. Um, you know, it's important that uh, when you have mutual friends, 80% statistics. of the time, your friendship is going to grow uh, with the friend that you've made. You also, uh, with compliments, once again, you don't want to be over-complimentary. You make more of an impact when you deliver it occasionally. And so, bottom line, you know, though though it's counterintuitive, by by complimenting your friends less often, you're going to be taken as more legitimate. The other thing is being warm. And competent makes you an attractive person. Uh, there, there's a sociologist or, or a psychologist, sorry, she's a social psychologist, Susan Frisk, and, and she basically said that the stereo, she created this stereotype content model, which is the theory that people judge each other based on warmth and competence. And according to that, if you portray yourself as warm uh, and, and non competitive and friendly, People will feel like they can trust you. And if you seem competent, for example, if you have a high economic and educational status, they're more inclined to respect you. You know, and, and so it's important to demonstrate warmth first, then competence. And, and that's important. It's more crucial to our survival to know whether a person deserves our trust. And so, you know, you want to also uh, reveal your flaws from time to time. People. People will take you uh, more seriously after you make a mistake. But if they only believe you're usually a competent person, revealing that you aren't perfect makes you more vulnerable and vulnerable towards people around you. So, um, you know, mistakes can affect uh, perceived attraction, attraction. And so when we think about that, we want to be someone who is real. If you spill coffee, you spill coffee. If you fall, you fall. That's it's how you respond to it that is more important. The also, uh, you want to uh, emphasize your shared values in a friendship. Now, not everybody shares the same values, but there are ones that you will share with a friend. And if you're hoping to get friendly with someone, try to find a point of similarity between the two of you and highlight that and use that as a centerpiece for your relationship. You also, uh, and you have to be careful in this day and age because people are so weird about touching, but you know, if you casually touch a person, it's, it's basically called subliminal touching. When you touch a person so subtly that they barely notice, and, and this would be like tapping someone's back or, or touching their arm, you can make them feel more warm towards you. Uh, it's the groping and all the other stuff that you have to be careful about. But one of the most biggest uh, components, the greatest components about an attractive person that makes a good friend is they smile. You know, if people smile, you know, when you first meet someone, it helps ensure that they'll remember you later. And and that may be hard for you. Some people don't carry a smile all the time. But if you're going to make a good impression, smile. And you also, if you want to be a good friend, 
you want to see other people how they see themselves. You want to acknowledge what they see in themselves because they acknowledge most often people are delusional and they will uh, look at only the good in themselves. But you you need to start with that. So you, you basically give them the understanding that, hey, I see that you're this, that, I see you like this that's really cool you know uh, uh, you want to to accent what they feel good about themselves another thing that that really can help it, it is interesting is self disclosure and, and that can be a good technique and just admitting your mistakes admitting your flaws you know that is always always a good thing because it reveals that you're not perfect and they go wow shoot I'm not perfect either so now I can feel safe with this person the other thing is you want to expect good things from people and, and you want to act like you like them and display a good sense of humor. You know, regardless of whether people are thinking about their ideal friend or a romantic partner, having a sense of humor is very, very attractive. And having go-to things that you can talk about that are funny also are very attractive. Also, you want to make them uh, know that it's okay to talk about themselves and that. These all things that I'm mentioning, these are all, all in a good step. All right, we're going to talk about and making friends, ideas of how to make friends, because a lot of people don't know how to make friends, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Come back. the network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america dr gary bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone skype or in person in the seattle area dr bell brings his no nonsense straight from the hip discussions each week on the show but it doesn't stop there learn about motivation and psychology one couple marriage repair a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. 
Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, you know, We're talking about friendship and how to, how to keep friends. And there's unfortunately no rule book for making friends as an adult. You know, of course, there's strategies and tips, but there's no changing the fact that making friends can be difficult, it's confusing, and it's very personal. And that works for one person or in one situation, uh, you know, won't always work in other situations. And so we have to be very real about the sense, and it's kind of a specific, uh, specificity, uh, <laughs> something that's specific, sorry, that makes a challenge to, to, to offer hard rules or advice about things that, that should be more casual. And, 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 but there are basics that we can talk about that are going to help us. You know, the, the helpful way to understand how we can make new friends is to recognize that behaviors we should try our best to avoid. And, and none of these are deal breakers, but more often than not, there's a way to come back from a slip-up or a misunderstanding or awkward conversation. But, you know, remembering uh, common mistakes can make it a lot easier to kickstart a new friendship with confidence. So, you know, failing to moderate your interest or excitement is one of the things uh, that if you are overly zealous or you're, you're, you're just somebody that has enormous amounts of energy, you can, that's also a defense mechanism. And people that over-talk, that can be a, a very strong defense mechanism. And so uh, it's hard for people to connect with somebody that is always on the stage and somebody that is uh, that overtalks um, because that means that they won't let you in. You know, so finding people you click with, it's very tough, but that's why it can be so exciting and a major relief when you meet someone you're genuinely interested in befriending. And so showing your enthusiasm can well work in your favor. But, it, but it's very often a clue that you're interested in getting to know each other, and that's a good thing. But once again, it's a careful balance. So you want to be you, you if you're over complimentary, or if you're asking too many personal questions, 
or if you're jumping at the chance to point out all the things you have in common, that might come from a place of sincerity, but it also comes from a disingenuous or a desperate sense that you need a friend so bad that you're basically selling yourself to that other person. So instead of feeling like you need to show all your cards, remember that friendship is a process. Life, life itself is a process. We don't go for outcomes. We invest in process. It's appropriate and and often preferable to start a small and then channel your interest into sharing uh, with better questions and better talking points and unveiling each other more slowly uh, than, uh, than just jumping right in. A lot of people get so excited about the possibility of a friendship that they just jump right in. And when we do that, that can hurt us. The other thing is, um, you know, overlooking yourself, simply giving someone the space to talk about themselves is always a good strategy, but showing up and owning your own place in a conversation is also important. If everything is about the other person, that is not a friend you want to have. You know, you want to share your activities, your experiences, perspectives, to give you a chance to figure out if your personalities and your interests are, are, are compatible. You know, what's more is opening up about something personal, even if it's something small, like your favorite, uh, you know, TV series, you know, or whatever. You know, communicate, you know, communicate trust uh, in someone by sharing something that you really like, that you really gravitate to. And instead of, uh, and, and if they share something that they really like that you may not be interested in, it's important that you don't show judgment or criticism. You know, you, you want to build trust and closeness. So if you're criticizing something that they spend a lot of time with, that's not cool. That just means that that's not a place that uh, you're going to share interest in that other person. You know, the other thing is uh, technology and social media it has really gotten in the way of life, and people will spend their time texting, and I can't believe how much people text. It's just, instead of picking up the phone and having a, a decent conversation, people will text and text and text and text, or they'll go into Facebook, or they'll do all this crazy stuff, but basically those are um, facades. Those are things that are in front of you. They're not you, and so people can will be very... Uh, black and white often when they're texting and not be very direct. We miss a lot of subtleties about each other when we over-communicate by text or by email. You know, uh, it, it's one thing to just kind of catch up with a quick message when things are busy, but it's another thing to depend on technology to be your friendship. And that uh, can hurt everybody. So, you know, having a cup of coffee, spending some time, sitting down, and being with a friend is one of the greatest things you ever want to have in your life. And, and, and turning it into something you do over the Internet or you do over your phone, that's, that's going to trivialize your friendship. What's more is our mannerisms, our sense of humor, our personalities don't really go across online. And this leads to, to, to missed opportunities or miscommunications that we may not know that our, our friend is in a tough time. We may not know where they stand as far as uh, what they're really going through because they've chosen not to communicate through uh, their, their texting or their emails, and we can't really get a good read on them that way. The other thing is uh, mistakes is not being really true to yourself. You know, it, it, it's, it's really important. You know, I should have more friends. You know, I should go to that party. 
I should be more outgoing or extroverted. The reality is that if you're not extroverted, if you don't have a lot of friends, that's not a problem. Uh, you shouldn't criticize yourself for that. What it is is, is um, you're, you're, you're imposing rules on yourself and expectations that may not have to do with who you are. And the truth is that a lot of people are fairly introverted. I myself am very introverted. Uh, and some people are very extroverted. Some people are in between. And so the deal is you have to say to yourself, is this friendship stealing my energy? Am I having to put up a facade? Am I having to focus on things that really don't represent who I am? Am I just trying to fit in with that person, or am I really identifying with that person? And in the end, you realize that maybe they have a quality that you admire, but it's not a quality that you have. And if, if it is, and if it's that way, then you've got to be real with yourself and say, wow, why am I in this friendship? Why am I spending the time uh, uh, chatting with a person or feeling pressured to be someone you're not? You know, if you don't like golf, then don't play golf. You know, if they like golf, then that might, and they're overly zealous about that, maybe that's not a place where you meet them in the middle. You know, it's, it's more a sense of finding the things you have in common that keep a friendship going, but sticking to the things that you're, you're passionate about and you share with that friend is a better opportunity to have that friendship grow. We, we often invest in, in, in people that are not good for us, and the older we get, the more we realize how precious our time is. We only have so much to give, and somehow we already managed to divide it among our family, among our bills, among our everything, Every, everything that works, everything that our life is committed to. And, and that's why investing in the wrong kinds of friendships can be draining. It's toxic and riddled with, with uh, a, a mistake. These relationships take a toll on your mental health and your well-being, and they rob us of the opportunity to form more supportive, mutually beneficial friendships with other people. So invest your heart wisely and focus on quality over quantity. And you know what? A lot of people make friendships in their own family, and that is a good thing often. But if that person is draining, you need to apply the same rules to that person that's in your family. Spend less time with them if they drain your energy. You know, there's other mistakes. The biggest mistake is people that become uh, uh, self-defeating. They basically do nothing. You know, they have excuses to not be with their friends. They avoid meeting new people. They avoid being on, uh, in a conversation that's new. They avoid, uh, you know, everyone because they find a reason not to be with them. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm not outgoing enough. I'm not attractive enough. All those self-defeating dialogues that we have with ourselves help us hibernate and not make good friends. And so what we do is we don't put the energy in when those people could actually offer us enormous amounts of opportunity to help our lives, and we can offer enormous amounts of dynamics that, that can help them. You know, the same way that dating uh, 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 takes a, a lot of energy and time and, and self-compassion, so do friendships. Friendship doesn't just happen. You have to commit yourself by showing a willingness to engage with new people and to use information you have about your strengths, relationships, to find strategies and advice that make the most sense for you. You know, it's important to, to also understand, you know, the ideas of what maintains friendship. You know, it's a skill. 
and you have to develop it. And it isn't the same thing as being able to make friends. Friends are very important to happiness. The more you study happiness, the more convinced you become that loneliness is a very common and very silly, serious challenge in all people's lives. And it's really important to understand what that sense of connectedness brings us. And uh, arguably, it's the key is happiness. And if you want to be an attractive person, if you want to be somebody that's able to be in a friendship, you need to close. You know, you need to to uh, look at long-term relationships as an investment and be able to confide in others. And and you need to belong. You need to give and get support from other people. And when you do that, uh, basically studies show that you have five or more friends with whom to discuss important matters. You're far more likely to describe yourself as very happy. Not only does having strong relationships make it a whole lot more likely that you take uh, joy in your life, but studies show that that, that also lengthens your life. You know, uh, it, incredibly, uh, you know, it boosts your immunity and it cuts the risk of depression by having a good support system of people who love you and people who are your friends. And like I said, friendship is very difficult. And so the biggest deal is you want to show up, you know, that's, that's 80% of success is showing up and just being there for a person, you know, the mere exposure, this is, is, is that you, the, the, the repeated exposure, the consistency makes you like someone better and makes that person like you better. So you're much more likely to become friends with someone if you see them often and you communicate with them often. And if you do this time and time again, over and over in your life, you become more close to other people. The other thing is joining groups can be a very strong, uh, natural thing for us to do. Joining groups is not a bad thing. That means that we all share some common interests that that bring us together automatically. And this is the easiest way to make friends, like starting a new job or taking a class, having a baby, joining a congregation, moving to a new neighborhood. These are great opportunities to join a group. And if those situations aren't an option, try to find a different group to join. Or get a dog, for example, and then find other people that have dogs and love their dogs. That's a great thing. You know, if you have children, you know, go to the places where people that have children are, and you're likely to find people that have a lot of empathy and understanding for your life as you do for their life. And if you can't do that, form a group. And that, that means starting a group where things are in common with you. If, you. if you like to read books for children, yes, that could be something. If, if you like to write books, that could be something. You know, starting a, 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 a group that gets together with their pets where their dogs can play at a dog park or something like that, that that's cool. Or if you want to train for a marathon, that's another group you could start and teaching people, each other, how to start to uh, train for a marathon. Or if you want to learn a language. And being able to speak that language is the hardest thing because sometimes we try to learn a language, but we have nowhere to speak the language. Maybe serving a group of people that want to learn Spanish is not a bad thing, where you guys can talk to each other and, and, and inspire each other and drive each other forward. The biggest thing is you want to uh, basically set a, a goal, and, which is a, a set of people like uh, that you want to make, okay, three friends. I, I, want, I need to make at least three friends and set a goal and then move yourself towards that goal. And I know that sounds 
uh, uh, very calculating, but it's important to have that idea that you're going to set a goal and move towards it because otherwise you won't have a strategy. And, and the biggest thing is that people forget and, you know, make friends with friends of friends. And, and that's what we talked about earlier. And, and that's called a, a, a triad. And that's basically learning about another person through your friend until, and, and so that you can get to know if that person is, is friendship material. And so you also, uh, when you're making friends, especially if you live in big cities and places that have a lot of cultural differences, you want to be aware of those cultural differences and be respectful. That doesn't mean that you have to share their cultural, you know, their, their, their cultural values. What it means is, is that you respect their culture and learn about their culture. And the more we learn about cultures, the more we learn uh, about people. And so that can be a great platform to build a friendship. And so when we try to learn about other people's culture and they learn about our culture, we can develop a basis of strong friendship. And, and friendship uh, has no boundaries. And, and true friendship has no boundaries at all. And that means we make people um, friends from people all over the world. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're... Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the plans and the tips about how to maintain a strong relationship and keep it going. Come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about, but these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. 
To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're going to be, we're talking about friends and how to make them and how to keep them. You know, the real key is to, to ask yourself, what is, um, and by the way, I apologize for sound quality. Uh, we had trouble on the internet going through the regular microphone, so I'm happy to do this by phone. I apologize. Um, but best friends, when we're young, we, we have a no shortage of best friends. But as we get older, the nature of our friendship changes. And having or being a best friend is no longer as simple as labeling someone as our best friend forever, but having them reciprocate. And, and so there's a lot of factors import, that are important about maintaining best friendships. You know, you want to be emotionally supportive. And this is probably the most important element to any adult friendship. Best friends refrain from uh, uh, unnecessarily criticizing each other and tend to be non-judgmental. But also, best friends keep us in our boundaries, and they tell us when we might be outside of ourselves. They tell us, honestly, uh, what may be destructive or may not be good. They they also take our temperature and and basically keep us uh, thinking about more things than what we dwell on. They don't just simply validate how we feel and what we think. They offer a sense of balance to us. You know, a best friend can listen to you thoughtfully. They respond rather than react to what you've said. Even if you've been uh, triggered uh, something in them, the ability to hear what the other person is truly saying is one of the best parts of friendship. Best friends go out of their way for people they care about, and it feels good to both people. And you can tell who your real friends are when you need help with a move, or a ride to the airport, whatever. Thoughtfulness is a quality that deepens and it strengthens any friendship. So being able to see someone else's needs, to do what you can do to fill those needs, enables bonding. And our best friends do things for us that that no one else would think of. Reliability is the other thing. When you know you can call on your best friend to bail you out of a jam 24-7, it makes you feel better and it increases your overall confidence in yourself. The other thing is best friends accept you with all of your flaws. They don't expect perfection. You aren't at your best all the time. They are understanding rather than critical of you. And if you're having a bad day, someone who cares for you will ask if they can help or if they should let you be alone if that's what you need. 
You know, friends, you know, they drink together. They're like therapists that that may drink together. I'm not saying get drunk, but I'm saying, you know, a good friendship is therapeutic. And good friends is not the same as a drinking buddy. Good friends is someone who will sit down and spend time with you in the way that you like to spend time. But basically, you have to look at strong friendship. It defines you both, and it helps each of you navigate life. You know, your friend is a mirror who reflects back to you who you are to them. And in other words, your best qualities shine. And those pieces that need to improve are not judged, but they're understood. And so it's hard for some, some of us to cry alone. Instead, we might need a shoulder to cry on. And having a friend you feel comfortable doing that with is a gift. And when facing difficulty, having someone you can really let your pain out can be invaluable. Best friends have your back. And knowing you can trust another person with your well-being allows you both to explore and enjoy more new things than you would in your own personal choices. And it's life-affirming to have a best friend, to help pull you out, but never put you down. You know, you have to be willing to give as much as you want to get. You know, I don't know anyone who thinks a good uh, a friendship is not worth the effort. But to maintain a strong friendship, is there's also ingredients to that. And we really have to look at what are these ingredients that make our mental health and our friendship uh, be the best medicine that we can have in our life. You know, the closer we get to someone, the more invested we become in their emotions and in their behavior. And what's really important is a lot of the ingredients that we're talking about in this show have to do with what it takes to be a best friend with your partner, with your spouse. That is critical also. You know, we need to be applying these same rules that I'm offering you, these same ideas, to our spouse, and we should be giving them more than anybody else we give in this life. You know, we're far more likely to be reactive to our best friends when they aren't uh, feeling or acting quite themselves. They can, they can incite feelings of frustration, of judgment, of competitiveness, or, or hurt in us. But, you know, you, you avoid that fallout without taking those qualities so serious. Once again, life is a process. We all evolve. We all go through things in life. We all are not ourselves all the time. So it's almost always fixing a friendship is a matter of fixing yourself. And one of the things about fixing a friendship is being honest and maintaining that strong friendship is, is pure honesty. You know, relationships built on false uh, uh, facades, are only as good as their foundation. Superficial relationships often fizzle over time. And so we want to achieve a solid friendship. You have to be honest with each other. Be able to offer and receive feedback from someone you trust as a gift rather than a criticism. Don't overlook it. And, and you also, in a real true, strong friendship, you have to set aside your ego and be willing to let someone know you and ask questions of you that's invaluable. Friends are like are, are likely to ask tough questions. Why do you think you're attracted to that person? Do you think you, you might be feeling jealous or hurt in the situation? Do you think you might be on a rebound? You know, do you think that you may be taking that job because of the prestige of the job rather than it does it fit you? You know, they ask real questions and they develop a dialogue. And um, so basically they, they're people that are looking out for you and you have to look at them as when they're communicating a concern or they're asking a question, they're doing that because they love you and they want to help you. Uh, also, um, it's important to maintain a strong friendship is to repair 
when you stumble, when you say things that you shouldn't have said. You have to be accountable. And this is what people are in like. A lot of people will not take accountability for their mistakes. They will not take accountability for themselves. They do not want to take accountability for the things they say, the things they do that hurt other people. They're ashamed of themselves. They have guilt. And so they rather avoid. And so real strong friendships call for the quality of being able to do conflict and be able to take accountability, to be able to apologize for things that may have hurt another person. That doesn't mean that we believe what we did was wrong all the time, but how it was perceived is what we take responsibility for. Taking responsibility for how we've been perceived, that is an important ingredient because oftentimes there's no justice in that in our life, but it's an acceptance that not everybody sees things the same way. Especially when what hurts a strong friendship is when we over-communicate unemotionally by text or by email. It can be misunderstood so much. A lot of us have negative dialogues in our brain that constantly are going on, and if we have a great friendship with someone and a text leads us to believe a negative assumption, what we want to do is clarify that with our friend and call them and actually talk and and actually make things go. With people that that understand that they can get through um, times when they have conflict and repair it, build and build and build and build. The people that never resolve conflict, never hear each other, only want to hear their own perceptions, have a very hard time staying connected to anyone in, in life. So you want to take the time, and it's not wasting time, to come up to people, especially to, to, to resolve things with our friends immediately, and don't postpone, don't simmer, don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Go back and build that friendship and make it happen. And you also want to show appreciation, and you want to make time. The familiarity and the comfort we feel with another person can sometimes leave us crossing lines or forgetting how to show gratitude. As with a spouse or a partner or children, we have, uh, have to find time to make real contact with friends in order for our relationship to flourish. So if you slip into routine, this can leave us more likely to take friends for granted. Making sure to express how you feel. Take actions that show how well you know and care for them. If you do the same thing with your friend all the time, it's likely that that friendship was only for a season and not for a lifetime. You know, the other thing is generosity, and I'm not talking about money. The generosity of your time, of your caring, of your concern is the key to happiness. A good friend shows interest in who we are and what we struggle with, but it is important not to let the relationship become one-sided and become so self-centered that the, the only focus is you. That can hurt a friendship deeply. You also want to be sure to engage in acts of kindness and consideration that are focused on what your friend's passions are. Do things that they would perceive as caring. Consider their interests, their passions, when planning a way to say thank you. You know, it's one. It's it's kind of cool when you don't even think about your birthday and someone else does, and they're like, "Hey, happy birthday!" Even if they don't give you a gift, if they give you a card or, or just just a, a pat on the back or, or whatever, or uh, just recognizing the fact that that out of the blue they knew something that was important and they made time to do that for you. Those small things can be generous, enormous gifts in life. You also. If you're going to be a great friend and maintain strong friendship, you have to alter your expectations 
and don't make assumptions. In any relationship, we can start to impose certain expectations on others. There are so many people in this life who are control freaks, and they want to dictate the rules about everything in life. If that is never a good friend, if you have people in your life that are like that, that want to dictate how life goes, then move from them a thousand miles a minute. Those are not people you want to have in your life. You, if you're going to have strong friendships, you have to have people who don't operate off expectations. They operate off preferences, and they, may, they don't make assumptions. They're not judgmental. Um, don't be quick to pick apart you know, your friends. If you're going to be critical of your friends, that is going to show that you may be a negative person and you may be taken away. You have to accept that they are human and that they will make mistakes. And you may show your friendship in one way, whether through affection, favors, gifts, but we shouldn't necessarily expect the same from them. Don't assume what your friends are thinking. Check it out instead and accept that you uh, may be very different and you could be wrong and you could have a point of view that isn't theirs. So every individual possesses uh, uh, their own mind, their own perceptions of the world. Be willing to accept that if you're going to have a friendship. And be respectful of it also. You know, you know, it's simply showing warmth in other ways by, by maybe buying a book for your friend that you know they probably would love or picking up a cup of coffee the way they like it or sitting to talk for a couple of hours when you know that they're not feeling their best. That, that, is, that is true, deep, strong friendship. You choose compassion over criticism. And that doesn't mean that we jump in the, in the ditch with them. What it means is that we just validate them know that they're going through something difficult. You know, when it comes to our friendship, it's far more important to care about doing what's right than being right. And when you get to know a person, you get to know their worst traits, and it's easy to become cynical towards their negative aspects of their personality. It's far more preferable to be compassionate. Uh, compassion keeps us going. You know, it's important. It's an element that we all need, and we all have so little compassion in this very difficult world of ours. Uh, compassion could be something that is, is, is deeply uh, uh, difficult for some people, but if you're going to be a friend, you have to be compassionate. Compassion keeps us vulnerable instead of tough and guarded and seeing the world through a negative lens. And so, you know, we, we want to be uh, uh, good people, and that makes us happier. And, and being important and understanding makes us happier. Okay, so once again, let's go back to what the big, biggest of things are. You want to choose your friends wisely. You want to listen. You want to respond carefully. You want to avoid consistently giving advice or trying to fix their problem. You want to avoid trying to uh, one-up your friends if you're going to be a good friend. You want to communicate openly and honestly. And you want to accept your friends for who they are and respect their choices and it's okay to disagree with them. But you also want to be kind of the friend you want others, uh, that other person to be your friend. You have to be kind. And you want them to be kind to you. You want to give compliments. Don't go crazy with that. But you want to be empathetic. Empathetic means, oh, I get it. I see what you're going through. That must be very difficult. You want to be gracious. Thank you very much for remembering my birthday. This is so cool. Thank you, thank you. I didn't even remember my birthday. When you make mistakes, admit it. Take responsibility. You have to make time. If you're going to have friends in your life, you're going to have to keep your promises. 
And the biggest thing is to celebrate the things that you have in common. And, and, and you also have fun together. And you seek balance in your friendship where you don't overdo it. You don't go crazy. And you want to be a cheerleader for your friend. And say, wow, that's fantastic. I'm so proud of you. And, and, and also, you know, the biggest thing about friends that can destroy it is if you don't keep your information confidential with each other. So many people gossip, and they make the mistake of having a best friend, someone that opened up completely with them, and then sharing that information with other people. That is a tragedy. And that is one of the biggest reasons why people stop friendship, because they no longer can trust their friend with their information. You know? The other thing is friendships grow and change, and sometimes they end in a season, and we have to understand that that's okay. All right, that's our show. Our next show is going to be The Cost of Impatience. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net, or my website is DRGB.com. Please uh, contact me right away if you'd like to book a time. Now, remember... If friends do not make fun of you, they are not really your friends. And if friends want friends for life, make sure they have the same mental disorder. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.